From the writer's room at the 10-speed and brown shoe production office, it's the IGN Digigods. And now, two men who spend their days solving crimes, but their nights solving different crimes. Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Thank you, Bob. That was another fine and outstanding intro from a long-time listener. Who was it? John Hartzell. Middle Age Riot. That's right. John Hartzell has that, uh, that comic, Middle Age Riot. Go check it out. It's good stuff. John's uh, done a bunch of our opens. He's done a lot of very good He's opens quite for quite prolific. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. What did you think? Uh, about the game or the telecast? or the, Did you uh, realize that we had two teams playing each other? I know, old school, blue-collar teams. But both of those teams are the only two teams in the NFL that are named for people who work on the factory line. Meat packers. And uh, steel workers. That's not true. No. Uh, the Rams. <laughs> what the, the Cowboys. For, the 49ers. Yes. The <laughs> Miners. <laughs> okay. The Cowboys. Yeah, whatever. The <laughs> Falcons. No. I've realized it's gotten so bad that I don't think I can name, except for baseball, I don't yeah. think I can name five players in any professional sport. Well, I watch basketball, so I can do it. But like, I I don't know if I can name ten football players. I mean, I can name like like seven quarterbacks, like the ones that make yeah. make the news. Yeah. But then when you get to that, like that that next level of depth. Yeah, like I'm the just, like the, the 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 running back of the something. The the quarterback or the cornerback or the uh, the the linesman, the whatever. Yeah, I know. Not happening. I'm with you. I'm in not, in I'm fact, not. it's funny because like in fact, you know, I know teams. In baseball, I know which teams are in the National League and which teams are in the American League because I grew up knowing that. So I don't – to me, if someone says, oh, is this football team in the NFC or the AFC, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what the difference is. You know, we had a contest last week. You didn't even listen to what I said. Yeah, you're talking AFC, NFC, and all that stuff. I'm um, saying I don't, I don't know which team is in the NFC know, or the AFC. I know. We had a contest, and we were giving away two prize packs of the DVD, a poster, and a mini comic book for uh, the remarkable, wonderful Let Me In. And uh, we had two winners. You said you were going to let me pick the winners. Oh, no. I had to uh, get the names of the publicists, so I had to, uh, I had to pick those winners. I wanted to pick the winners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You lied. I had to. Well, our winners were Mario Mendez and uh, Jeff Arca. Oddly enough, and it was like bizarre. They're they they're both Californians. Uh, that, we, uh, wow. Uh, no, but we like never get Californians winning these things. It's just very strange. We've also so they're in our backyard. Gotten, we've also not gotten anyone from Minnesota, Mississippi, Washington State. Have we not? Uh, or you, you I have don't no know. I'm just assuming. You just assume. Well, congratulations to them. Yes, let me in. It's a terrific so movie. They, they'll, yeah, they'll be coming straight from the studio. And uh, let us know if they don't. By any hey, and when we say straight, from, when we say straight from the studio, we, we mean it could take forever. But here's the thing: is that uh, <laughs> it'll come. The, the, it'll come. It'll come. Yeah, wait. So, I'm, 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 here's the thing: I'm looking through Home Media magazine, and yeah. you know, we, we we talk often about uh, mm-hmm. how a lot of films go straight to DVD now. Too and, many, fact, actually. And usually that means it's uh, the movie's a piece of junk. Yeah. Now check out this cast. If I said to you, there was a crime thriller. Starring Megan Fox, Bill Murray, and Mickey Rourke. It should have been theatrically released. You would say at least you can throw that thing yes. into 100 theaters. Yeah, absolutely. See what happens. Sure. Straight to DVD. Unbelievable. 
Now, Bill Murray, you know, you, you realize how Bill Murray picks projects. Bill Murray does not take I phone know. calls. I know. You can't pitch Bill Murray. No, he's become very Kubrickian in his, uh, in his obtuseness. And yet, and yet uh, completely random in the scripts that he responds to. Totally. You've got to just put it in the mail. Yeah. And you hope for the best. It's true. He either calls you really or he true. doesn't call you. You yeah. know what? You can call his agent. You can call his manager as much as you like. That's true. You can call him a thousand times. Ain't going to happen. He'll either respond or he won't. Yep. And uh, somehow, for some reason, he responded to Passion Play and is going straight to DVD, street date, uh, May 24th. Who directed that? Uh, that was directed by... You got, a, you got a director on that there? Uh, yeah. It was the guy who wrote The Recruit. Yeah, that's interesting. So for some reason, the guy who wrote The Recruit wound up... That is so strange. Uh, he wound up attracting uh, Megan Fox, Bill Murray, Mickey Rourke, and Reese Ifens, who's also good, and Kelly Jeez. Lynch, who used to be a oh hottie gosh. back in the day. Did I mention that I actually uh, I have finally gotten rid of every single cassette tape that I ever owned? <laughs> Done. I digitized everything this last weekend, all the last cassette tapes, which included some very terrifying stuff of, uh, of me and a bunch of friends when we were kids. And um, even a recording of Radio Tirana, the uh, Albanian communist radio broadcast on shortwave that you can sometimes get on FM bands. No, 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 no one cares about that. Tell people Albanian. what. Tell people what you and your friends did, recorded. Uh, when we were younger, we did a completely improvised Star Trek episode. Just four of us, just sitting in front of a, a boombox with the microphone on, doing uh, the characters and the sound effects and the musical cues, the whole thing. <laughs> completely improvised like the, the plot makes no sense it's just a whole lot of cliched lines and uh, you know <laughs> sound effects for doors opening and uh, music cues and I, I used to have and still do have the same thing I used to do phony uh, radio shows yeah, it's like a, I, I'd be a DJ yeah it's ridiculous and I have those so, cassettes and, and and no one else will ever hear that mp3 oh come on no it will never go out I also have a bunch of uh, recordings of myself doing um the color commentary for the Cal State Northridge football team when I was the color man for the uh, for the Matadors. Wow. I was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I was absolutely you know what? I was so I, I I may have talked about this before. I was so bad. I would like I didn't even know the the names of the positions. That's awesome. Like you were, so, like, the, like, you were like the Dennis Miller. Like exactly like yeah. uh, the defensive version of the center is like the nose tackle. Yeah, like the center and the nose tackle yeah. lineup. Yeah, I would get them mixed up. <laughs> I don't know center and nose tackle. What the hell did I know? <laughs> I was terrible. I was better at baseball, but uh, football was terrible. But I do have all those recordings. That's pretty cool. I'm I, gonna I'm gonna put those on YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube. So we're gonna we got I'll get some uh, classic stuff out of the way here first. Elia Kazan's America America, which has been craved on DVD for ages and ages, and actually came out as part of the uh, Elia Kazan boxed set a couple of months ago. Finally, out as a solo DVD. I highly recommend this. If you have not seen America America, it is uh, very much uh, Elia Kazan's own sort of. Uh, it's basically like his family's biographical saga. It is a, it is a lovely film, very uh, uncharacteristic of Elia Kazan. He wrote it, produced it, and directed it, and it is um, it's extremely personal. It's one of the it's one of the great immigrant stories ever put on film, and uh, it, it's basically you know like I said, the spiritual biography of uh, Elia Kazan's own family and how they came here as Greek immigrants. Um, Excellent, superb film, just beautifully made, one of the great kind of independent films of an era when there really weren't any independent films. Uh, it was made in 1963, and yet it feels, feels strangely like a foreign film from the, from the 60s, even though it kind of really wasn't. But um, beautiful, beautiful movie. So uh, 
now out finally in a solo version. And well, then we the, also uh, the Ilya Kazan box set is amazing. Yeah, it's it's terrific. If you yeah, I mean you get it in that as well. And then we also get a couple of amazing. 20th Century Fox has taken a cue, and I don't normally praise 20th Century Fox for their Blu-rays, but because they're usually crappy, but they've done right by their uh, their library here. They uh, took a cue from what Warner Brothers is doing. What do I mean? Take a cue? They ripped them off. What? The Warner Brothers Blu-ray books, you know, oh. where you get it in a little book format, and the disc is in there along with a really nice bunch of glossy pages that make it feel like you got a little a little any coffee table book with a Blu-ray. Well, they're doing that now, too. They completely ripped off Warner Brothers, but it's good. They've given us All About Eve and An Affair to Remember. Now, I'm a lot more fond of uh, All About Eve than An Affair to Remember, but, um, you know, you can't go wrong with either of them. Tons of wonderful extras here. Uh, audio commentary on uh, Affair to Remember with uh, Marnie Nixon and Joe McBride, formerly of our group LAFCA. You, you, ever met, you, you never met Joe, did you? I did not. Joe was an interview subject in our documentary in Schlock as well. Terrific. I mean, he's a great biographer. I mean, he's a really good writer, a great critic, tremendous historian. Uh, and he does the uh, the commentary here along with uh, Marnie Nixon, who, of course, is the amazing singer, the legendary singer who was in... Uh, uh, My Fair Lady. Well, she did the voice in My Fair Lady. She did Audrey Hepburn singing voice. She did a lot of other singing voices, including... Uh, Natalie Wood singing voice in um, West, Side Story. West Side Story. But she also appears on screen as one of the nuns in The Sound of Music. So Marnie Nixon, a real legend. And then uh, a lot of little uh, looks back, kind of uh, little bio things on Deborah Carr, Cary Grant, Leo McCary. Um, it's beautiful. A little AMC backstory. Really, really nice job there. And then on All About Eve, which was nominated for heaps of Oscars, probably, I think it was 13 or something at the time. Uh, all well, it's about- still 13 now. I mean, it'll always be 13. I think it was the most ever that any film had ever received, most nominations at the time. I'm not sure that that's held, but uh, anyway, 14. Maybe it was 14. Anyway, Can we give these away. What do you want to give away? These. We have two the, of them. The little, the little Rubik's cube deals. I'll, I will email. Them. I will email them. I will mail them out. If you want to give them away, I, I can't imagine. All right, I'll finish this, and then we can do that. Uh, Joe Mankiewicz, who, of course, did all about all about Eve. It's one of the most quotable movies of all time. you got a couple of great movie tone newsreels here, uh, an old Ann Baxter promotion, which is uh, really kind of funny, a uh, Betty Davis promotion, which is kind of terrifying, and then all the usual uh, featurettes and whatnot. Audio commentaries by Celeste Holm, Ken Geist, uh, who's a biographer of Joseph Mankiewicz, and Christopher Mankiewicz. And then uh, Sam Staggs does a less interesting audio commentary. Uh, just terrific. Beautiful work all around. You know my favorite uh, uh, All About Eve quote actually is? Hmm. Um, those aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> when, she, when she says that, those aren't the droids you are looking for, it's awesome. Yeah. That's, um, that's Star Wars. Oh. Can I give these away? Because they're, they're sitting, here, yeah, okay, they're sitting here on my table and I'm going to throw them fine. away. Fine, give them away. Give them away. All right. Uh, uh, last these, are, week, these are little... Yeah, go ahead, explain it. Last week, for some reason, Wade brought over two Rubik's Cube keychains. And they're, and they're, they're promotional ditties they're for, for Let Me In. Oh, is that what it is? That's what they are. I did not know that. Yeah. So he put them on my you know, the uh, Rubik's Cube is a big thing in, uh, in Let Me In. That is true. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to do with them because I don't want to throw them away and nobody, I don't know anybody who would want them. So I'm like, you know what? I'll pay the freaking postage. We're giving these things away. All right. All right. We have two of these things. Okay. So what has to happen is oh, here we go. you have to email us at godsdigigods.com. All right. And uh, the first two that I received with the uh, uh, subject line Rubik's Cube and your name and address in the body of the email will win. Uh, so that's it. It's as simple as that. The first okay. two that I receive with the subject line Rubik's Cube 
and it has your name and address in the body of the email, uh, uh, you will get one of these uh, two. Now, if it says Rubik's Cube in the subject line, and there is no address in the body of the email, uh-huh. you are disqualified. Okay. Because you have to understand, I have to know where to send these. <laughs> Who? So uh, I, 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 I'm actually going to pay to get rid of these. Okay. Which is to say that someone will win it, and I will actually pay out of my own You're pocket frightening man. to mail it. Okay. So there go you go. It. Do it. I'll be sure to mention the uh, this again before the show's over. You do that. Why do you get all about even? I get you again. <laughs> because you love that movie. Oh yeah. We had fun with that on Stupid for Movies. Well, this is just a dreadful, terrible movie oh, by Andy Fickman, who's uh, you know he might have a funny comedy in him somewhere. I haven't really seen it yet. <laughs> you know, he's a funny guy. He's a good guy. You know, I get it. Uh, but he makes bad movies. Uh, you again is a terrible romantic comedy about a uh, girl who was uh, tormented in school. And uh, her tormentor winds up engaged to her brother. It's just dreadful. And so what happens is all those old rivalries from school reignite. It turns out that their mothers were rivals. Yes. And Betty White plays like Betty White, basically. And it's it's unbelievably unfunny. I know the thing we moaned about most was that 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 whole scene where it's staged so obviously just so that she can pour a bowl of food on the other girl's head yes. so the Kristen Bell can get the food poured on her head it's Cause, just because that's funny it ain't funny it's it not is, even it's movies where people pour food on other people are are failing at what they are trying to do they're just abject failures as movies and I'll say this you know it's uh, it's nice to see Sigourney Weaver she doesn't work all that much I mean I know she was an avatar but generally speaking she doesn't work all that much is it worth being on blu-ray no it's not worth being on dvd <laughs> This movie's just terrible. Now, uh, okay, forget you again. Uh, Tamaraju, I like this movie a lot. I thought I this think you liked this more than I did. I think this was delightful. I think Stephen Frears, there, there, there's a couple things here that aren't perfect, but I got to say. Well, like the actress who plays Tamara Drew is a little weak. Yeah, think, and the I idea think. that uh, she would marry somebody who we're not going to mention because I don't yeah. want to give it away. Because uh, I, Stephen Frears can do no wrong. He, of course, directed The Queen and a whole bunch of other great stuff. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Dirty Pretty Things. And, oh, he's uh, unreal. Just he, he's great. Look, he's Stephen Frears. He's a legend. I, I, this movie to me was just delightful. I sat in this movie thinking I was being taken away into just this delightful, fun, light Funny it, movie. It, it, here's what I here's the way I kind of characterize it. Uh, it's not, it's a comedy, but it's not a black comedy. But it's got dark edges. So I was calling it a gray comedy. I like that. You like that? I do. Yeah. And I mean, I like the film. I, I think it's got some weaknesses. It's a little kind of off center for me, but that's that's it, that's kind of good too. So I don't. Uh, I, I do recommend it. Uh, special features include a making of and a commentary uh, with uh, Gemma Arterton. Who plays the? Who's a little weak in the lead? I, I will say this: it is a surprisingly good Blu-ray because I didn't think it was visually all that stunning, which is surprising because I think Frears usually makes much better-looking movies. It's all very kind of bright, uh, but it's it's a quite a good Blu-ray. And uh, I'll tell you, cows rent it. Cows. Tamara Drew rent cows. it. Cows rent it. Cows rent it. Rent cows. Uh, okay, so you got stuck with you again. I got stuck with Beverly Hills Chihuahua two. Wow. Let me let me emphasize this: Beverly Hills Chihuahua has a direct-to-video sequel. This is a Blu-ray DVD combo, uh, just so that you got it in all possible forms, so you can contaminate everything that you've got. You know, the Blu-ray in the house, and then pop it in the thing in the car, keep the kids occupied. Uh, what are you going to say? Does it really matter what this is? It's, it's, it's freaking Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. So it's like more Chihuahuas, 
like lots of chihuahuas and uh, all the usual dog movie crap that, you know, oh, isn't it cute? Ooh, look, they're mischievous. And there you go. And they get into trouble. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if there was a dog movie about a dog that did not get into trouble? It just was just slept. It just it just kind of ate and slept and, and fetched and, and pooped and walked around. Just, yeah, and, just you know enjoyed its walks and just didn't cause any problems. That'd be great, wouldn't it? No. Uh, some you know decent voices in the cast: George Lopez being foremost among them. Uh, Odette Justman, who is actually also in You Again, which we just ripped on, is actually better here. Miguel Ferrer, Ernie Hudson, always love Ernie Hudson. By the way, Ernie Hudson in. Um, his big breakdown scene in The Human Tornado, the sequel to Dolomite, where his brother gets killed. Awesome. That was his first big screen credit. Uh, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I know. I'm crazy. What do you got there? Uh, My Soul to Take is available on a, on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, this is not a combo. It's either a DVD or it is a Blu-ray. I would avoid both of them because I hate these sorts of movies. This is uh, one of those... Uh, it's uh, based on a Wes Craven-y thing. And, um, <laughs> Wes craven It has something to do with it and uh, whatever. Wes craven Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is uh, Wes Craven, and uh, he, of course, did Nightmare on Elm Street and Last House on the Left, two films I like a lot more than this one. Yes. And uh, Craven is an audio commentary. It's, the, the, the thing doesn't even make sense. So there was this, uh, there's this serial killer. Yeah. Right? On the day that this serial killer disappears, mm-hmm. cops never find him. Right. Disappears. On that day, seven kids were born. 16 years later, they're all turning up dead. Yeah, I'm somehow that's not really getting me interested. It's called I Know What You Did 16 Years Ago. <laughs> what it's called. Uh, and, and by the way, I just have to say, uh, and then we'll move on because no one cares about this movie. You know it's bad when the only blurb they can get for My Soul to Take yeah. is spine-tingling and perfectly creepy from Jackie Barnes at Mark at the Movies. Wow. Market the movies. What is that? I, 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 I don't know. Is that a website? Is that a TV show? Is that a radio show? Is that a blog? I don't know see. what that is. Let me see. You're actually looking Present. at that? Yeah, I want to see. Market the movies. What's this? God. Mark at the movies. I don't know. It sounds like you. All right. That's me. You know, I Spit on Your Grave is a classic exploitation slasher gore film. It is the ultimate in female revenge movies. What's kind of weird is I look at this and I'm like, wow, that movie was made the year after Star Wars because it feels like it was made in the 60s. It really does. Like it's a very 70, exploitation. It feels very 68, not 1978. Uh, it's basically the story of a woman who is just, she is just brutally, brutally raped and decides that she's going to go out and she's going to just unleash hell on her uh, her rapists. And uh, oh my gosh, it's... It, she just it is it is really it is really over the top gruesome. Uh, the uh, the writer director of the film Meyer Zarchi does the audio commentary on the uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray. And uh, as if that's not all. Now, mind you, this is just this movie is not for the faint of heart. Even though it's a little bit cheesy at this point, it 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 really you no. Know. Well, well, the actual rape scene. Really go. I mean, it's brutal. The whole movie is brutal. And Joe Bob Briggs also does a commentary, which you should probably watch before you should listen to, like the first time you see the movie, because it makes it all much more palatable. Okay, if Joe Bob ta- Briggs does the commentary, the movie's not that great. Let's face it. No, it's not. But it's it's pretty gruesome. Now, the the incredible thing is that's out that's out finally on Blu-ray and a re-release on DVD. Okay, but they did a remake. That is true. They just this last year, and they've released them both at the same time. This is a Blu-ray digital copy on the Blu-ray, and then DVD digital copy unrated. 
And uh, I gotta tell you, it ain't as good. It's a lot more money, like all of these uh, these reboots that they're doing. It's a lot more money and a lot more sizzle and style and and whatnot. But it just kind of takes the edge off of it. It doesn't feel well. There was as shocking as horrific. Well, there was you know you can get away with so much more now. There was something underground and That's surprising it. about and exploitationy about my uh, I spent a yeah. grave. The original. Yeah. Now it's just another one of those Michael Bayish looking exactly. things where they're all shot through a blast furnace, and you can get away with anything now because. It's, it doesn't have that shock. That said, I'm going to recommend both of them on Blu-ray. Even oh. though the, first, the, the, the new one is, is a really sharp Blu-ray. I mean, I, I don't think it's as good as the original, but it, it certainly makes use of the, of the format. But something about the original, even though you kind of get a grittier feel on the DVD, it just, it, it's, you know, watch it on the Blu-ray. There's some, the, the grit comes through maybe better on the Blu-ray, I think. I don't know. You're right, Wade. You're right, Wade. You don't know. Well, you know, Mark, you again was a pretty horrible romantic comedy, and we say that all bad romantic comedies star one of two actresses, right? Uh, Catherine Heigl. Or Kristen Bell. Bell. We got the Kristen Bell one out, and now comes the Catherine Heigl one. Uh, We hated this movie, too. Life as we know it. Which it's got the the two kisses of death, Catherine Heigl and Josh Duhamel. And I look. Let me let me be honest. I like them both. I do. I think Josh Duhamel is a is a nice guy. I think Catherine Heigl is is cute and adorable and wonderful. Uh, I just don't like seeing them in movies. Uh, stay on TV, both of you, please. Anyway, this is an absolutely horrible movie about two people who have a date and they don't get along because he's kind of a slob and rude and she's just prim and perky and perfect and, and has ambition and he doesn't. And uh, they were set up by their best friends and it didn't turn out. Flash forward years later, those best friends have a cute little girl and wind up getting killed in an auto accident. And in their wills, they say, we would like our best friends who can't stand each other to raise our child together because it will scar the child for life and ensure that our tragedy becomes a complete full-blown family tragedy it's a very tragic meet cute like you know yeah. you know in romantic comedies the meet cute is always when yeah. you know they 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 both kneel they both drop something on the ground yes. and they bump their heads yeah and they're, like right. they're falling in love here two people have to die yes to fall in love. it's ridiculous it's anyway tragic anyway uh, you know this this has all of those horrible cliches along with all of the, the worst baby movie cliches and i hate baby movie cliches I don't ever want to see another scene of people changing diapers for the first time and expressing this revulsion and horror. At just uh, They can't believe. Yeah, you can. It's a baby. Get over it, for crying out loud. Unbelievable people. Anyway. Stupid baby. Yeah, stupid baby pooping too Everyone much. Everyone hates babies. We hate babies. Babies they, and their babyish babiness. Yeah, and their, you know... Inability to control their bowels. Uh, anyway, the, we've already talked too much about this. It's got a whole bunch of uh, completely self-serving uh, featurette material on it. We just can't recommend that. You know what I can recommend? Amazing. One of my favorite films of last year. If you missed it, you missed a treat. It's out on DVD and on Blu-ray. Forget about the DVD. Go straight to the Blu-ray because this movie rocks. This is It's Kind of a Funny Story. Babies. Awesome movie. Got no Oscar nominations. It's just completely vanished from the landscape, but it is a completely brilliant film. This is wonderful in every conceivable way. Uh, written for the screen and directed by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who did Half Nelson and Sugar, which are much more serious films. Funny thing is, they've been a, a real-life couple uh, through both of those films, and when they finally get around to making a movie that's by, like a lighter romantic comedy, they broke up before the movie. Babies. Thank you, but uh, they still. I like, did, I like. I like all these movies. They I like still Sugar do, was terrific. They're Nelson great. Terrific. They are really great. This is like eighty-five percent of uh, of uh, four hundred days of summer, six hundred days of summer, whatever. It is. 
<laughs> 300 days of summer. 950 days of uh, winter. It is. No, it's, cl- it's very close. It's, it's a similar kind of a deal. Uh, really, really good. Unbelievable casting with this kid, Keir Gildchrist, who uh, plays this kind of neurotic kid who thinks he's suicidal, checks himself into the uh, psych ward. But they don't have the, the psych ward for kids isn't is shut down, so he winds up in the adult psych ward, which has uh, Zach Galifianakis in it. And of course, Zach Galifianakis is a little bit goofy, but he's also really good and very disturbed. And he meets a girl played by Emma Roberts, who's also got some problems. And it becomes kind of a fluffy version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, a little bit of coming of age crossed with Cuckoo's Nest. I just love this movie. It's um, it's just really, really good. It is uh, based on a book by Ned Vizzini. I have not read the book, but it, you know, it, this is just a wonderful, wonderful film. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I'm just going to say two words, under pressure. Greatest cinematic moment of the year. Amazing. And you get the Blu-ray. A lot of crap on the Blu-ray that uh, you know, you'll never, ever watch and forget about it. The Blu-ray just rocks. Uh, Wade, uh, two more Blu-rays, Wade. Then we got to yes. move on because we got a lot to go through, Wade. We got a lot. Uh, ten, Blake Edwards, ten. Now, finally, when, yeah. When Blake is first time on uh, Blu-ray, when ten came out in nineteen seventy-nine, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Bo Derek became an instant sex symbol, and uh, Dudley Moore, of course, one of his uh, funniest roles. And uh, this is Blake Edwards. Who passed away recently? Blake Edwards, yes. of course, did uh, everything. I mean, Days of Wine and Roses, and the Pink Panther movies, and he, he uh, also did Julie Andrews. He, he did. He did Julie Andrews. Yes. Well, he also did Sob, where <laughs> Julie <laughs> Andrews uh, bared her breastages yeah. for everybody to see. I wish she hadn't have done that. I wish the same. But uh, no, Ten was a sensation at the time. It's very funny. Dudley Moore plays a forty-two-year-old. Uh, uh, he writes music, and uh, he's got a great girlfriend played by Julie Andrews. And yet he lusts for Bo Derek, and uh, the iconic shot of Bo Derek in the gold bikini coming out of the ocean is uh, is an all time classic, and it's a great midlife crisis comedy. Um, it's just a great movie. So Blu-ray for ten, go for it, buy it, rent it, do something awesome. with it. Awesome. Wait, can you talk about this? Let's do it because I know you just you just been having complete orgasmic reactions to that <laughs> just for. Since the beginning of time. So go. Have at it. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Because it's your life. Well, it's just a great movie. I mean, come on. It's your world. It, it was my world at the time. Uh, Broadcast News is finally out on Criterion Blu-ray, and I could oh, not be more thrilled. Man. I adore this movie like you don't even believe. I absolutely love every inch of this movie, every frame of it. You should buy this, and don't play the same version twice. Oh. In fact, every time you play a version, you should box it up, Give it to somebody, pay it forward, and then go buy a new version. There you go. New copy of it. Uh, this is, uh, and I talked about this, I think we talked about this last week, where um, when this movie came out, not only was I working in broadcast news in 1987, but uh, my boss looked just like Holly Hunter. So we, I lived this movie at the time. William Hurt, Albert Brooks, Holly Hunter, uh, all about the uh, world of, uh, of news and it is funny. Albert Brooks is hilarious. No, I have two words for you. Yes. Flop sweat. <laughs> uh, you know what, I, what I actually love about this movie, being, of course, the big Francophile geek that I am, I, I love uh, Francis Cabrel, who's a French pop singer. Kind of does folksy pop stuff. Nobody here knows who the hell Francis Cabrel is. But there's a scene in here where... Uh, Albert Brooks is singing along to a Francis Cabrel song, like word for word, and it is it is just so it's so much joy to me to watch that scene. 
You read your it's mind. Really good. You read your mind. Yeah. I know. Uh, but this, th- what's interesting here, this is of course was written directed by uh, James L. Brooks and just brilliant all the way through, is uh, this uh, movie was in a way a little bit prescient because mm-hmm. Albert Brooks plays the old school guy who's the real journalist, but he's not telegenic. William Hurt plays the very network broadcast gravitas looking guy who was really an idiot. And uh, Holly Hunter is the news producer caught between them. And uh, I love it. I love this movie, Broadcast News. It looks great on Blu-ray. There's a lot of uh, great features on it, extras on it. Uh, of course, there's, another, there's a booklet because it's Criterion. There's always a booklet. And uh, it's good stuff. High definition transfer approved by James L. Brooks. And I'm telling you guys, you got to buy Broadcast News on Criterion. It is absolutely fantastic. Love it. Fantastico. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of weird ones real quickly here. From Cinema Libre, we have El Superstar, The Unlikely Rise of Juan Frances. I'm going to say that again, Mark. El Superstar. You want this, don't you? Wait, that's Spanish for The Superstar. Very, very close. Uh, this is about a guy who was adopted by his, uh, by basically, uh, you know, he's not, he's not Mexican, he's not Latino, but he's adopted by his nanny, and stepfather, played by Danny Trejo. Come on, give it up for Danny Trejo. He's adopting a white kid in a movie. It's too funny. I think Danny Trejo will be anyway. Anyway, he's raised to be a uh, a ranchero singer. So it's you know the whole kind of ugly duckling fish out of water thing is really kind of pushed to the edge. But it has kind of a, a sweet little uh, little side to it as he grows up to become a uh, a very successful uh, and endearing pop star in ranchero music. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, no, yes. no, I got one more weird culty. One more weird culty here before we get into that. And I like that movie a lot, by the way. This one. And by like the way, I'll be honest, I didn't see it, so I'm going to borrow it from you and I'm going to watch it. Okay, you do that. Um, we have Carnival Magic on Blu ray and DVD, fully restored. And I know what you're thinking Carnival Magic? What the hell is that? I'm going to tell you what it is. That's why we do this show. That's why we're here. We're here to educate, inform, enlighten, and sometimes and baby. Hor- and horrify. And, and horrify, and sometimes babysit. Uh, in 1982, Al Adamson, who was a big cheeseball, just made schlocky, horrible, dreadful movies. If you look up Al Adamson's name, he just makes the worst movies. Al Adamson made a movie in 1982 called Carnival Magic, which was thought to be completely lost until just two years ago when somebody found, as they always do, an old print in a warehouse. And they completely restored it. And uh, now here it is in a DVD and Blu-ray combo pack. This movie is about a magician who a carnival magician whose career is on the wane and he resurrects his career by teaming up with a talking chimpanzee but then rivals kind of pop out of the woodwork and there and you get this whole soap opera that transpires at the carnival talking chimp and a magician you can't go wrong with that combo mark if i see another movie where a talking chimp I know, and a magician right right <laughs> yeah really totally right i know right for sure well anyway uh, this is from the cultra line and uh, the, it includes a bunch of interesting uh, little tidbits. Not great extras, but they're, they're okay. The audio commentary with cult film historian Joe Rubin and Eric Feltner, who, uh, Elvin, sorry, Elvin Feltner, who produced it, is fine. Uh, it's adequate. And then the, uh, you, know, you get the trailer and the TV commercial and a little restoration demo. So that's all fine. But the movie itself is just so weird, you've got to at least rent it. Got to at least rent it. And then last on the, uh, on the cult stuff, Alex Cox... Uh, who just honestly just he, he he's gone over the edge. It's over. I know it's so over for him. But anyway, Alex Cox has uh, done the amazing Repo Chick, which really is not in any way as good as Repo Man. I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do here, uh, but uh, it it's it's an attempt to um, 
to kind of get his career back on track. But it really is. It's it's kind of over. It's kind of over, Alex. I'm sorry. Repo chick. You know, it's like... It, this it, is the guy who did Sid and Nancy. I know. And Repo Man. I know. And Sid and Nancy and Repo Man, the sequel, where I, Sid and Nancy and the Repo Man... Oh, that would be great. That's what he should have done. It was after the uh, that big nuclear explosion in Repo Man. You remember at the end? There's like some oh, yeah. big explosion. And, and then the car go, goes up in car orbit. goes up in orbit. And it's whatever ridiculous. Happens, happens, like okay. Anyway, Never Let Me Go. Uh, I really like this movie. I don't know why this didn't get more love at the box office. I just don't. Mark Romanek directed this, and I love Mark Romanek because Mark Romanek was a big uh, commercial and music video guy, and then he did One Hour Photo, which I think is one of the smartest thrillers of the last 20 years. That's a good movie. That is a terrific movie. Uh, and uh, some just really good good stuff there. Well, this is based on a novel. Never He directed Never Let Me Go, based on a novel by Kazuo Ishiguro, who, of course, wrote Remains of the Day and many other fine novels and, and films. And it's kind of a Logan's Runnish, futuristic sci-fi tale but it never feels like a futuristic sci-fi tale it feels like something that could take place a year from now or even now in just an alternate reality and there's nothing technological about it it's just about it's it's sort of about what makes us human and what doesn't and it questions raises these huge existential questions it is beautifully beautifully photographed very touching and extremely well acted Carrie Mulligan can do no wrong Andrew Garfield I actually think he's better in this than he is in uh, Social Network and Kira Knightley, people rip on her, but I'm sorry, she's really good. She's really good. I didn't see it. I wanted to. Uh, I, I wanted to see it's it. It's really good. It's didn't di- get around it's, to it. It's good and disturbing. Did you see Conviction? I did see Conviction. What'd you think? Because that's on Blu-ray too. Uh, yeah, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Tony Goldwyn, not a good director. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. it look, I, it, there's some good stuff in here. I think Hilary Swank is very good. The, look, the story is very TV movie and cloying, right? I think everybody knows what the story is. Her brother's played by uh, Sam Rockwell's wrongly sent to prison, so she's got to, you know, spend her whole lifetime becoming an attorney and blah, 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 blah. She to, becomes an attorney just to get just him to off Just to get him off. Row. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know. It, and so what happens at the end is he it's, dies. It's, it's tragic. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, but, <laughs> no, at the end, not only does he die... But she dies in a car accident, rushing to death row to watch him die. That'd be, that that would have been an because awesome he, ending. Because but that's they, not really what happened. It's oh. a true story. True story. Great. Which, you know, of course, you know what's going to happen then. They wouldn't have made it if it didn't have a happy ending. But uh, I, I, they're all good, but I just don't think... It didn't have the power. It didn't have, have the power. You know, they're, 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 you know what it is? There's something... It's a real art it, where you take a movie where you know what's going to happen and you still make it surprising from moment yeah. to moment. And this movie didn't do that. Yeah. Well... It, it took me everywhere I thought it was going to take me. Tony Goldwyn and the real lady, the real person that Hilary Swank plays in the movie, Betty Ann Waters, uh, they do the commentary. And I got to tell you, 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 the commentary kind of makes you feel like they didn't do justice to the movie. They think they did, but they really didn't do justice to the story. Did I tell you that I had a very nice uh, 15-minute conversation with Hillary Swank at the Fox Searchlight party? Yes, you did. I did, did I? Did I tell you she was once astonished that I was actually running through Pacific Palisades on a, uh, like, 100-degree day? Yes, you did. Yeah, I thought I did. Okay, she was very good. nice. Yes. All right. By the way, wait, guess what's coming out on uh, April 19th on, what, uh, on, D- on Blu-ray and DVD? I don't know. Uh, the eventual Best Picture winner of 2010, The King's Speech. Look... Look, you were there. You were there at the the social network evening, right? Where I gorged, where I could not stop eating, where I, I just <laughs> it was I, like my Super Bowl party the other day. I yes, just could not stop. True. I did not stop eating. But there, a, a certain friend of ours with whom we were sitting, a colleague, who's who will remain nameless. 
I should have taken this bet. He goes, oh, yeah, social network. It's going to win everything. It's going to it's, it's best picture winner. It's a lock. And I go, really? You think? You don't think King's Speech? He goes, no, not a chance. Not at this point. And sure enough, King's Speech has resurrected its fortunes and become a front runner. Right after social network ran the table on the Critics Awards, everyone thought it was a lock. PGA, DGA, BAFTAs, Oscars. It's all over. It is all over. King's Speech is going to win now. Because all the Guild Awards are giving it to King's Speech. All the, all the organizations with voting members of the Academy. Where they are members of, of the Guilds as well, yes. They are giving it to King's Speech. All the critic groups are giving it to Social Network. Yeah. Well, that, the last time that happened was Titanic. Now, the difference here is that Titanic also won the Golden Globe. In this case, Social Network won the Golden Globe. But that doesn't matter. The Golden Globes are irrelevant at this point. It's, it's uh, you know, L.A. Confidential was the critics' movie that year, and Titanic was the darling. So in your Oscar pool, folks, I'm telling you. King's speech. King's speech. Go with the King's speech. You got to. For Now, the only thing I'll say is that uh, Tom Hooper won in an upset at the DGAs. Yes. And I do consider that an upset. Because I kind I, of I, do, but I kind of don't. I feel like 10 other directors could have done that movie. And, and not that Tom Hooper did a bad job. He did a terrific job. I'm just saying 10 other guys could have done that movie. Uh, Adam Green's Hatchet 2. You didn't even hear what I said. Yes, you, you thought a million guys could direct that movie, but it's not true. He does a very interesting job with the directing. It is, uh, it it's is, really well shot. It's incredibly well shot and well planned. It's very unusual for that kind of a film. Adam Green uh, made uh, Hatchet, and then he made Hatchet 2 for some reason. It's basically the same movie. Uh, God help us all. It, it's now out on DVD and on Blu-ray in an unrated director's cut. And, um, you know, look, it's, uh, what do you want? It's, it's a movie called Hatchet. You know what you're getting. You want me to tell you the plot? You want me to go, oh, yeah. This, this is a guy with a hatchet? This is, like, this is a guy with a hatchet and he chops people up. I mean, you know, come on. Um, anyway, it, 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 if you love these kinds of films, this is almost like an homage to them in many respects. It knows with a little wink and a nod and a nudge that it's, uh, it's kind of not necessarily in a league with the very best of this genre, but that it can sort of play to them it can wink to them and you get a cast commentary and a production audio commentary track here that make it a lot more fun than it really should be uh get it on blu-ray just because it's more in your face that way if you like these kinds of films you want them to be in your face um but uh and especially on a big tv that's the only way to watch these movies but you know i mean look it's a freaking gore film rock on uh five corners is uh, an interesting movie from 1987 yeah and it was Tony Bill, written by John Patrick Shanley, ladies and gentlemen, who also wrote Moonstruck. This this movie is just like this weird little quasi gem, like a little flawed gem that just won't go away. Yeah, in the movie, uh, John Turturro plays a guy who was uh, he beaten was sent, by his he was, nanny, he was and sent, then sodomized by the the puppy dog trainer. I don't know. You're out of your mind. Thank you. Uh, John Turturro uh, plays a guy who uh, uh, he was in jail because he attacked Jodie Foster. And so it was it's Turturro, Jodie Foster, and Tim Robbins are the sort of the uh, the volatile threesome mm. in Five Corners in 1964 in the Bronx. And um, so after Turturro gets out of jail, he, he uh, returns to the neighborhood. It's all about what happens over this two-day period. And uh, it's good. It's a good movie. It's a, it, it is like a little tiny, you know, gem from that era. So uh, if you have run out of all of the other John Turturro, Tim Robbins, Jodie Foster films that are out there, yeah, you can go ahead and rent this. Oh. Five Corners. It's quite good. <laughs> no, it's good. Tony Bill. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't direct more. He's still kinda... or John Patrick Shanley. I know. 
He doesn't write that much. Neither one of them. These guys should work more. Uh, there's a little movie called Shopping, which is kind of a a, uh, a British cult film that has never been out on DVD or on Blu-ray before, and it is finally out. Now, the, the real reason that everybody kind of makes a stink about Shopping is that it was the first film for Paul W.S. Anderson, who has gone on to become an absolutely horrendous director of really bad, schlocky studio films that get released in January and February. Things like Alien vs. Predator and Resident Evil Afterlife and Death Race. I mean, just really awful stuff. And um, this is a lot better than anything he's done here. Uh, Shopping was also the first film. It was the film that introduced uh, Jude Law to the world. So it, it, it kind of wants to be a low-budget Clockwork Orange. You know, it's about, all, it's about violent teens and, uh, you know, all their, their crime sprees. And uh, Sadie Frost is in this as well, by the way, who eventually momentarily married Jude Law. You know that. Yes, Jude but Law didn't Jude Law uh, cheat on her with a maid yeah, or something? Yeah, or something? something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but uh, it's it's not a great film, but it's an interesting film. And uh, I've always loved Sadie Frost. She's very kind of 80s in this. And Jude Law looks uh, young and punkish and uh, almost uh, almost channels Malcolm McDowell in some, in some scenes. But uh, it, is, uh, it is more interesting than good is probably the best way to put it. You get a lot of audio commentary stuff here with uh, Paul W.S. Anderson and Jeremy Bolt, who's his longtime producer. They've been a, a team. Didn't they also do like uh, Event Horizon, those two? I yes, think they did. Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. what a dreadful movie that was. Um, good music, though, by Barrington Falung. You know, Barrington Falung, who did the music for uh, Hillary and Jackie. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Falung's kid. Exactly, thank you. I don't, I don't know why I <laughs> even know, talk to you. Here, the problem why, is that, why do I talk to you? Here's the thing. When you have an unusual last name, yeah. don't give your kid an unusual first name. Yeah, okay. You know, because then he, just, he or she is just saddled with two crazy names. Well, Shopping uh, comes with uh, it comes on Blu-ray and on DVD. Even though it is a low-budget film uh, with a certain amount of grit, again, I'm going to recommend it on Blu-ray because I think it looks really good on Blu-ray. It's very stylishly shot. Uh, I'll give I'll give Anderson that much. It's stylishly shot and uh, actually uh, really it, it adapts to Blu-ray very very nicely. All right, not stylishly shot, but still quite funny as a private function. This is with uh, Michael Palin, Maggie Smith, and Denholm Elliott. Uh, this is a, a British comedy about how do I explain this? Um, during World War II, there was a whole bunch of food rationing, and um, there is a uh, a pig. And as there uh, always is, there's always a pig. Always and uh, the, this particular town decides to uh, fatten up this pig for slaughter uh, because they'd rather eat the pig because you know there's a lot oh, of food rationing, word. and if you wait, if you slaughter a pig, you get bacon. I know, a little sausage, right? A little ham, right? All sorts of stuff. So uh, it's it's a really it's, so that's the beginning of it, and it spins off from there. Very funny stuff. A private function. Uh, this thing is from uh, 1984. Uh, next, we have uh, the 20th anniversary of Thelma and Louise. Yeah, this is uh, Ridley Scott. It's funny because you know Thelma and Louise is considered one of like the great feminist you know films of modern times. Yeah, directed by a guy. I know. And people thought, like, wow, why didn't they have but a woman directed? Written, written by a woman. That is true. Who, by the way, you know, I, we sat with Callie Curry. Well, you didn't. I did. They sat with Callie Curry at our awards uh, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know why, don't you? Uh, because she is married to... T-Bone Burnett. T-Bone Burnett. Yep. Lovely couple. Love them both. Uh, he, is a, he is a tall drink of Texas water, that T-Bone Burnett. <laughs> 
he's a weird-looking guy, kind of, actually. I like him. Thelma and Louise, anyway, it's a terrific movie. It totally holds up. It's a great feminist uh, it's, it's Susan Sarandon, Gina Davis play these uh, two uh, women who are on the run from the law after an accident at a roadside bar. And uh, it was also the coming-out party for uh, a little guy named Brad Pitt, who no one had heard of at the time. Harvey Keitel star also stars as the cop who is on their tail. And this is just a fun, fun movie. Uh, women especially will love it. Thelma and Louise, 20th anniversary. Go for it. Oh, by the way, good commentary by Ridley Scott on the yes. Blu-ray. Yes, beautiful. Uh, one more thing before Wade talks about whatever the hell that is in his hand. <laughs> uh, Wild Target is with uh, Bill Nighy, Emily Blunt, Rupert Grint, and Rupert Everett. You know, I love Bill Nye. Even though he basically plays the same twit in every movie that now he's just that's that's who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be like the the cool old hip kind of rock and rolly dude. Yeah. Here he's a here he's a hitman. Uh, it's, he's it's, a hitman, but he's still the same kind of thing. He's a hitman with a with a with a mother fixation. You know, his mom wants him to be uh, the best hitman of all time, the, the equivalent of his father, which he is. But then, you know, a woman enters his life and. Well, he, well he, 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 she, she's the target, right? I, I, we shouldn't give too much away. Well, There's she's a, a thief, and she is targeted for assassination <coughs> by Bill Nighy, and then it goes on from there. Uh, I'm not, well, I wasn't a fan of this. Did you, yeah. did you like this movie? You know what? I didn't like it while I was watching it, but the more I think about it afterwards, when it becomes that weird threesome that includes Rupert Grint, and they're kind of on the run, uh, and then the other hitmen are after them, I, somehow it gets kind of crazy enough that I, I'm just kind of forgiving it now. All right, we're gonna we're gonna roll on to the few, to the end here. A uh, year of the fish is a completely inexplicable, odd, and kind of wonderful little movie. Um, I don't really quite know how to explain this in terms of its style, but because uh, you sort of got to see it to believe it, uh, it's it's just its own little thing. But anyway, it's it's kind of a weird, low budget version of Cinderella. It's a variation on a Chinese story set in modern-day New York Chinatown, shot with digital camera, and then kind of tweaked in a rather interesting and endearing way. Um, a lot of low-budget films just feel like low-budget films. This one feels like something that somebody just had a really good time making. Uh, you're not going to recognize anybody in it, and there's no particular reason to you know make time in your schedule, your very busy schedule, to go and see this, other than the fact that it was kind of a little mini hit at Sundance. But uh, it's worth seeing, you know, if you just want to see something that's different and you want to kind of like not go through the same junk all over again. Uh, Skin is a movie that got totally, totally lost during award season, and I don't know why. Mark, why did this get lost? Sophie Okonedo is great in this movie, and we're supposed to love her. Yeah, you know, she never really exploded as much as she uh, no. we thought she would after she did uh, Hotel Rwanda. Well, it's amazing. Sofio Canedo plays uh, a woman who, a black woman, who is born to white parents in South Africa. And um, it's, it's, it's actually a very, very interesting commentary on race, even though it's post-apartheid now with the movie being released. The way that the movie deals with uh, this particular story is really, really interesting. Um, there's a, there are a couple of interesting twists in it, and I won't give them away, but if you think you've seen all the movies about race relations in South Africa that you ever need to and there's nothing left to be told about the subject, 
guess again, it's actually a very smart, a very intelligent film, beautifully acted. Uh, Alice Creage and uh, Sam Neill play her parents. Alice Creage, who of course played the uh, the Borg Queen in that one horrible Star Trek movie. No, she's I m- like that. In the First she, Contact. Yeah, she's much that was better. One of here. the best ones. Oh yeah, the one where the guy from Babe plays uh, the yes. guy who invented the warp drive, and he does that little Zephyr dance. Zephyr Cochran. Hey, come on, yes. it's, it's horrible. He doesn't look anything like Zephyr Cochran. That was Cochran. one of the best ones. The, Zephyr Cochran is like a good-looking square-jawed guy from the episode Metamorphosis. And then they cast him as some crazy old guy. That was no. That was an even-numbered Star Trek film, so it was good. Yeah, whatever. That was actually the last good Star she's, Trek. She's film. better in this one, and Sam Neill is always terrific. And is she in the Borg makeup in this one? Yes, she is. <laughs> and Sophie Okonedo, who uh, of course was an Academy Award nominee for Hotel Rwanda, is fabulous, and I want to see her in more stuff because she's a wonderful actress. I agree, totally agree. Uh, let's uh, burn real quickly through a last uh, couple of things here. Highlander, Highlander, Wade, both yes. Highlander films. Highland- well, there've been like seven now. But this is Highlander 1 and 2, uh, Highlander the director's cut, and Highlander 2 the renegade version. I don't know what difference that makes. They're together on a, uh, a Blu-ray 25th anniversary twofer. So uh, I think, you know, I was living in France when the first Highlander was released, and Christopher Lambert was all the rage and lines around the blocks. I don't think it was that big of a deal here, but it was there. Anyway, uh, Highlander 1, perfectly satisfactory film. Uh, Russell Mulcahy never really had a, got his directing career on track after doing Highlander, but he directs the hell out of this movie and uh, brings that real music, that 80s music video panache to it. Highlander 2, total crap. Uh, not really worth it unless you're just, you, you can't get enough Highlander and you, you just, it, you got to get your Highlander on. But otherwise, uh, you know, if you already have the one Highlander, that's all you need. And then Welcome to the Rileys was another sort of overlooked indie this last year. Uh, Melissa Leo, who is a very strong contender to win Best Supporting Actress. I, I, I'm still hoping that Jackie Weaver pulls it out. But Melissa Leo in The Fighter is looking pretty good for... Uh, she won the SAG Award. She's also in this, along with James Gandolfini and Kristen Stewart. I didn't like her. You know what? In uh, What's it called? In what The Fighter? Of, you know what? It was overacting to me. You know, Jackie I, Weaver's better, right? Yeah, you gotta hope I think the academy so. thinks so. Well, yeah, because it, gotta keep my streak alive. But the the problem is that Christian Bale, in my estimation, Christian Bale and Melissa Leo overacted like a bunch. Yeah, and that's really David O. Russell who didn't quite True. get. He didn't rein them in. No, not and in the yet least. they're both going to win Oscars. No, no, for being flamboyant, ridiculous. Win. Christian Bale's not going to win. Who's going to win? Jeffrey Rush. Are you so. kidding me? Christian Bale's not going to win. God, I hope so. They're not going to get... Seriously. Jeffrey Rush, my gosh, come on. He is that movie. All um, due respect to Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush is that movie. I, I ate up every second of that character. Oh. God, was that funny. He was I mean, the best. He was, I mean, honestly, forget about supporting lead, sporting lead. Forget about it. What performance this last year in 2010 just swept you away? More than Jeffrey Rush. There wasn't any. There wasn't. That was it. It was. I mean, that is the performance of the year. It was the best. It's the best. I agree. He's I amazing. You gotta give him an Oscar. Come on. <laughs> I would. It's just wonderful. Hey, do you have two of those? Give me one. Oh, here. Yay! Okay. Wade just gave me a free Thelma Louise. I sure did. Didn't know you liked the movie that much. Wade, by the way, I'm giving away uh, 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 two oh, yes. Rubik's Cubes. Remind everybody about that. Here's the thing. These are two Rubik's Cube keychains uh, from the... It's a promotional dealie for uh, Let Me In. Yeah. The first two people to email us at gods at digigods.com and put Rubik's Cube in the subject line and put your name and address in the body of the email, you're going to win one of these. 
Yeah. Make it happen. All right. Last last handful of movies. I'll roll through these real quickly. Uh, Welcome to the Rileys was directed by Ridley Scott's son, Jake. And uh, performances are fine. It's a decent little uh, ensemble piece all put together. Melissa Leo is better in this than she is in The Fighter. Although I think they love her for Frozen River, which was, you know, three years ago. And everybody still has nuts about that. But uh, it's, it is uh, otherwise an unremarkable family drama. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, watch it for the actors. Don't watch it for anything, uh, anything else. Ridley and Tony, of course, produced it. Otherwise, Jake Scott wouldn't be getting any, any work directing because he's not as good as his dad or his uncle. And well, you know, uh, Ridley also produced Jordan Scott's uh, film debut, Cracks, which I saw last how, week. How was that? You know, it's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't completely succeed, but it's interesting. There's a, it's, a, it's got a very good sense of mood. Um, uh, not necessarily a great sense of character, but uh, I th- I think she's uh, more talented than Jake. Aha! Uh-huh. I I think I, I think there's more going on with her than there is with Jake. A uh, very silly movie, Beauty in the Briefcase, starring Hilary Duff, who now apparently can't get anything but TV movie work because her feature career just completely derailed. Yeah, you know what? This is a very, very tepid television movie for ABC Family, where Hilary Duff plays. Uh, she's she goes undercover. She goes undercover to get this uh, kind of fashion story. I, you know, whatever. It, it, it means it's a story about love, but it, I forget it. It's just. I right, wait. Watch how fast yeah. I, I watch how fast. Hold I on, go hold on. I got three more. I got three more. Um, oh heck, there's no time to do these. Okay, cool. Let's. Let, I'll hold these until next week, and watch then, how fast because I'm, okay. I'm 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 taking all these to the uh, video store. Um, on Blu-ray, Electra. This is the uh, Strauss one-act opera that is um, performed here by some very talented uh, uh, folks from uh, some country that I don't know about. Booyah. From the country Booyah. Then there's Richard Wagner's... these are uh, Rienzi. Rienzi. Yeah, that's really good, actually. Now the Rienzi. Now Rienzi is. is, is I'm, and is again, also, I'm I'm not a huge opera fan. I like good opera, but uh, but Rienzi is. But is, this is five acts. This thing is hugely. It long. is massive, but it's really cool, and you got to get it on Blu-ray because otherwise, it just doesn't feel like you're bringing the epic home. What's interesting here with this new one called uh, "The Ring Without Words" is this is based on uh, this is based on Wagner's "The Ring," but it is Nibelungen. But it has been distilled into like a 75-minute, you know, music-only yes. uh, distillation, which is just totally interesting. It's, it's an interesting new interpretation of the ring. It's, it's called beautiful. the Ring of That Words, and it's uh, good stuff. It was it, it, it was uh, per, uh, performed by the Berlin, Berlin Philharmonic. It's beautiful. It really is. It's lovely. The only thing that could have made it better was if they had um, uh, Herbert von Karajan conducting. Uh, that's but he's exactly, dead. That's he's a, dead, so you can't do that. Well, you know, he's uh, so he's available. We know where he is. There you go. Uh, also from Wagner, we have uh, another Ring Blu-ray called... Der Ring das Nibelungen. Der Ring das Nibelungen from the good folks at That's Unitel highlights. Classica. This is just highlights of it. Very nice Blu-ray, though. Very nice Blu-ray. Very this nice is Blu-ray. Uh, uh, conducted by Zubin Mehta. you got to love him. Yes. Uh, Mahler, Symphony Number no. 4. This is also on Blu-ray from the good folks at Lucerne Festival. Big, grandiose, wonderful Blu-ray performance. And, I'm, and you know, the reason to get these on Blu-ray, I should emphasize, uh, this is all stuff that's coming out from Naxos. There are very, various labels that Naxos handles. But uh, all of this stuff, it's for the sound. You're thinking, why do I want to watch an opera in Blu-ray? You know why? It's not, it's not about watching it in Blu-ray. 
it it matters. It brings it you know it brings it makes it big and makes it clear. But it's the audio. Blu-ray is lossless, and if you really want, if you're a real audiophile and you want to experience the maximum dimension for these recordings, Blu-ray is the only way to do it. I mean, turn the television off if you want, but just get the audio. It is amazing. Well, the one here from Opus Arte, which is nice, is uh, uh, three ballets by Kenneth McMillan. Uh, elite syncopations, the Judas Tree and Concerto. This is good because the music is from Scott Joplin. Yes. Who, of course, wrote The Entertainer, the famous theme song mm-hmm. from The Sting. Yep. Uh, and Shostakovich. So, the, as you say, the music is gorgeous. And, of course, the ballet is uh, a bunch of people in tights. But you know what? If you saw Black Swan and you were maybe uh, inspired, yeah. you can check out uh, ballet the Royal can be Ballet. Cool. Ballet is cool again, isn't it? it well, thanks. Well, it's, it's, it's t- ballet is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, okay, wrapping this up, uh, we have the Choir of King's College, Cambridge. They are singing mm-hmm. Handel's Messiah. Yeah. And this, of course, is just absolutely gorgeous. The complete li- uh, libretto is also inside, mm-hmm. so you can enjoy that. Now, the only one that I care about, really, of course, is Graham Parker and the Figs, live at the FTC. I was, I'm a Graham Parker fan. Are you really? I am. I have the Mona, I have the Mona Lisa you, sister. You have such well, eclectic taste. I have the Mona Lisa sister. It was one of my favorite albums of that year. Um, in fact, uh, this particular DVD, not Blu-ray, contains a whole bunch of uh, Graham Parker classics. Including a chloroform, uh, you hit the spot, which I like. Weather report, and uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so that's uh, Graham Parker and the Figs live at the FTC, and uh, I came and get into these. Wait, I don't even, don't even know what these are. Oh, here, 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 here. I can. I'll. Uh, I will make recommendation of a couple of these. Give me just a moment here. So, just speaking about Herbert von Karajan, the great conductor who sort of represents everything that you would imagine a conductor to be—the way he looked, the way he moved. You know, the dynamism of his, uh, his madness. Um, Herbert von Karajan is the, uh, the star, as it were, of this amazing Blu-ray. It is the only collaboration ever recorded between Herbert von Karajan and uh, Yehudi Menuhin. Jeez, say that ten times fast. Yehudi Menuhin. Uh, this is the, uh, the Vienna, Symphony, um, Vienna Symphony Orchestra doing Mozart's Violin Concerto Number no. 5. And Dvorak's Symphony Number Number Nine, and here's the clincher, Mark. You ready for this? No. You know who directed this? Wait, hang on. Let, let me guess. Dennis Dugan. Try again. <laughs> no, we have to put put up with his damn movie this week. Steven uh, Soderbergh. Nope. I'm going to give you one word: Inferno. Uh, Clouseau. Clouseau. Henri Georges Clouseau, an amazing, the amazing, great, brilliant Henri Georges Clouseau, the legendary French director actually directed this incredible rehearsal and performance combination, uh, which has, you know, Menuhin is one of the great violinists of all time. Uh, Karian, one of the, possibly the greatest conductor of all time. You put them together with one of the great filmmakers of all time, doing two of the greatest pieces of music ever, ever uh, recorded. This is legendary. You've got to get this on Blu-ray. This is just spectacular. This is from Unitel Classica, which, of course, is also distributed by Naxos. And if you've never gotten a classical music DVD or Blu-ray in your life, get this one. This is the one that you want. you got to get it. Uh, Clouseau nails it, knocks it out of the park. Tell us one more time about this giveaway thing that you're doing, Mark. Uh, Seriously, have, let's hear it. Yeah, okay, we have two Rubik's Cube keychains. There are many Rubik's Cubes. Many so, Rubik's so if you have, like, plumber's hands, don't even think about it. You're never, like you'll never short, figure it out. Short, stubby hands, you y- mean? That's yeah, no, no, no. You have to have, like, cigarette smoker fingers, long, long, lithe, uh, you know, 
piano player fingers. That's you, you need to be able to like hold on to these things because yeah, it'll know. it'll drive you crazy. Uh, the first two people to email us at gods at digigods.com and put Rubik's cube in the subject line and give us your you name. You want to tell us how address. to spell Rubik's cube because you're going to get it, like rubric. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm, right. I'm just more worried that, that they're not going to put their address in the yeah. body of the email. Oh, that'll disqualify them, won't it? Yes, it will. Oh, well, so be it. All right, and we also uh, urge you to check us out on Facebook. we got Facebook groups for uh, Stupid for Movies and for the Digigods. We've also got our wonderful Digigods show, uh, Stupid for Movies, at stupidformovies.com. We will be live Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time once again, talking about this week's movies, including that dreadful Dennis Dugan movie that we're calling Dreadful without even having seen it yet. Isn't that interesting? No. We are so objective, aren't we? No. Our objective is to be unobjective. So uh, with that, we will see you next week. Bye, folks.